You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Thursday, June 3rd. And today we've got a new guest on the show, Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're going to talk about more about Ben Roethlisberger and real chemistry that could be built with Matt Canada, what to be expected with Ben's long ball, and after talking with James Washington, What's the expectation of how the Steelers receivers are going to be used if the run game is going to be featured more? It's an episode about balance, offensive X's and O's, and how this team could work out in 2021. All right here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast, where you can get on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. Rate us five stars with a positive comment, and you get a shout at the end of the show. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm Chris Carter. And, you know, sometimes on Thursdays, we don't have the, the, the you know, like the agency like we got on Wednesdays or Tony Tuesdays or Jenna Horner on Fridays. So we like to mix it up. We like to get in people that you might not be as familiar with. Um, but today we got a, we got a really cool guest, a guy I've, I've met a couple of times just out there, out there in the real world. Um, but my man, Adam Bittner. Now, you may or may not know him. You definitely know him from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. But this is a guy who we've chatted about the Steelers here and there. He covers a lot of things for the Post-Gazette. Right now, he's been covering all the stuff that's going on with Robert Morris Hockey, which is is a crazy situation. Check out uh, his work on that. But, Adam, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. How you been, man? I've been great. Talking a lot of hockey lately. Excited to get back into some football. Yeah, right. It's, it's crazy how the seasons work here in Pittsburgh. Like, you know, you deal with football, you deal with the draft, you deal with hockey. And then because generally outside of like four years of our lives, the Pirates have been completely irrelevant like they are this year. You're kind of just waiting to get back into football whenever hockey season ends. Yeah, yeah, this is def- definitely falls in that category with the Pirates this year in particular. <laughs> but let's let's talk about something that I, I think everyone is going to keep talking about until we see this offense in action, and that's the, the transition to Matt Canada. I talked about this yesterday with my guys D9 Pietro and Josh Axelrod about just you know Ben Roethlisberger, you know, kind of saying tongue in cheek like, "Oh, there's gonna be tons of changes." But at one point, he did acknowledge like, "Hey, there are some learning curve things I gotta adjust to, like the new verbiage and different things they're working on." There are elements that I think that are realistic about what you can expect out of Matt Canada. One, I think they'll they'll run the ball more. They might find more inventive ways to run the ball. They might mix up pass how you know the the depth of where they pass a little bit more, but. When I, I sometimes I see people trying to say there's going to be these whole scale overall changes to the offense, like things are going to just be a million times better and it's going to be running light years ahead of where it was Randy Feekner. And I, I'm not so sure it's it's that it's it's that like you know in depth sometimes as much as it is they couldn't run the football last year because they didn't have the running backs and now they got a guy who can do that. Well, and, and Chris, I think, you know, me, I'm a little bit of a, a, a Ben truther with like, who is actually the, the real net, the real power <laughs> behind this offense and who has it been? And, you know, I always interpreted the Randy Feetner years as 
kind of embracing Ben's worst impulses. And mm-hmm. is he, did I think he was calling plays on a, you know, play to play basis. And, and Randy was just standing there with a clipboard. Not necessarily. I, but I think the, the framework of the offense worked how he wanted it to work and how he thought it should work. Um, and, and I think my thing with Matt Canada is that, that he's coming in as a check to maybe some of those impulses that Ben has to take things upon himself to throw 60 times a game. Um, you know, I, I, and, and that's where I think the, the interesting part of this Matt Canada era is going to be because clearly he's being brought in to change things, to be in charge. Um, and so what is the interplay between him and Ben Roethlisberger, what Ben wants to do, what Matt Canada wants to do um, and how they work things out. So I think it's really hard at, at this point in the calendar, especially to, you know, kind of, really have a read on what that dynamic is going to be. I think it's something we're going to have to watch evolve on a week to week basis um, to see where the equilibrium is going to be with these guys. And if they're going to click. Right. And it's not like we haven't seen this before, right? You know, Randy Feekner was Ben Roethlisberger's guy, just like Bruce Arians was Ben Roethlisberger's guy. And then, you know, this time we're not hearing the stories of, oh, Ben Roethlisberger passed Matt Canada in the hallway and they didn't like each other. They didn't speak to each other like we did with Todd Haley, but Todd Haley did improve Ben's career numbers wise. He got him to release the ball quicker. He got him to, to, you know, part of that's also, he got Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown during these years. I don't think that's, that's not a, that's not a coincidence, Uh, but we did see a more smooth Ben Roethlisberger than the days, even though he won Super Bowls with Bruce Arians, an offensive coordinator, he, he, he was getting the ball out quicker and he was protecting himself more. And that may have even gotten to the point why we're still seeing Ben Roethlisberger play. Because when you go back to the years where he was getting sacked 48 times a season, you're like, man, like he wasn't going to last till 2015. And we saw Todd Haley kind of have that influence and be like, Hey, in this offense, you're not going to do the thing where you run around for 20 seconds and then just throw up a prayer because you're the gunslinger. We want the gunslinger sometimes, but we need to keep that in check. I'm with you that that's got to be part of this. The night that they lost to the Browns in the playoffs, I went right to this podcast and I said that he he can be in the car, he can be in the front seat, but he cannot be the guy that that the engine revolves around. He cannot be calling all the shots in this offense. It's just he's first of all he's never been the truly cerebral quarterback, right? And you've talked about how you're a Ben truther. I'm a guy I've criticized Ben for years as far as hey, like this isn't the guy who you want being the brain surgeon. He's a gutsy quarterback he's got a powerful arm he's pulled off some legendary feats but this when, when he has to think too much in a game that's when it's, that's when his weaknesses come more to the to the front for everyone to see and we saw that a bit last year and I think that that's where like you said getting a, a guy who can put more checks in place to take that hit that part of his game out of it like Matt Canada maybe that has an impact on his game but you know Adam Matt Canada ain't Todd Haley. He's not a former head coach in the NFL. Sometimes I do wonder if he'll have that influence over Ben, you know? Yeah, but uh, getting back to what we were saying, I think it's really just about being a check. I think, you know, he's at the point in his career where, no, he's not the most cerebral, but he knows as much as he's ever going to probably at any stage of his career. He knows, you know, he's not Ben of 2004, 2005. He's 39 years old. He's he's packed with knowledge. And it, I think it's just about kind of curbing that excess um on you know on the fringes with him um because this you know we talk about how the offense has did work at times last year for for you know long stretches and and that was in large part because of him um so i just think collaboration is 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 the most important thing it shouldn't shouldn't be all matt or all ben it should be 
Um, you know, who, how are, how are these guys working together and can you finally have um, a collaborative relationship rather than uh, because let, let's face it, Ben's got an ego. He always has, yeah. he always will. Um, and, and it's just about, you know, molding that and, and massaging it in a way that, um, you know, he's doing the things he wants to do, but, but when he wants to check out of a run or something, you know, he gets a little hell for it. Maybe, um, you know, if, if that makes the offense better structurally. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, you know, I'm not super worried about Ben domineering him, um, because I think he's probably been given license from the people above him saying, Hey Matt, we brought you in. We don't know how long this quarterback's going to be here, but we know we want you to be here for a while if, if things work out. So I think Matt Canada has um, probably, you know, the support of the coaching staff and ownership to, to do the things that he wants to do um, and, and to, um, you know, to get, to get Ben on his side, but, you know, also coach him instead of just advising him the way I feel like Randy Feekner did. I, I do agree that there's going to be some of those dynamics, but still there's a couple more things we got, we got to talk about here. We're going to do, do that right when we get back. But first we got to talk to our friends at Credit Karma. Steelers fans, who doesn't want instant gratification? Whether it's getting to watch your favorite highlight in the moment, or if you're looking for satisfaction, getting Credit Karma money, where you can win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily cash instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft freeze, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms may apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance, and transfer limits apply. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Best of all... Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, locked on in their how did you hear about us section so that they can know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, Adam, one thing I, th- I I also think can't be ignored about this Matt Canada situation with Ben Roethlisberger, because we're talking about, you know, who, the, the relationship, the chemistry of who con- who's, whose decisions and whose thought processes are going to take over in certain situations and how much control Ben Roethlisberger is going to have versus Matt Canada. And I agree with you. I think the coaches, they're, they're going to look at this situation and, and the Steelers or as an organization and say, hey, look, we want Matt Cannon around for more than a year. You know, we, if, if we hire this guy to be offensive coordinator, we want this to be, to last for the future. So in doing so, 
Ben's going to have to yield to him more. But still, th- it takes time to build that chemistry. You know, when, when the Steelers brought Todd, Todd Haley in, I believe it was 2013, it took time to build that relationship and that chemistry then so Ben can kind of get to the point where he was more efficient in the offense. Now, part of that happened in a year in 2014, but this ain't Ben Roethlisberger in his early 30s no more. This is Ben Roethlisberger in his late 30s. There's much talk about this being his last year, unless, you know, you know, maybe he getting one, him getting one more year. But him and Matt Canada are going to have to figure out this balance while they're figuring out how to reconfigure this run game pretty quickly. Because, you know, this is, a, again, the Steelers have the strongest strength of schedule, and that doesn't always mean what it what, what people think it means, and, you know, because teams change year to year. But still, that's a challenge to build that chemistry and that balance with all the other moving pieces in the offensive line and the running game that you're gonna, that the Steelers are going to be dealing with. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, especially, I, I feel like we're, we're talking about a lot of things without having seen this line really how it's going to gel and all, and all those things. And I think it's going to start there, right? What they're able to do is going to start with how those guys um, are able to come together. You know, if Kendrick Green's going to be a starter, if we're going to see some of these more journeyman guys kind of get some snaps and, you know, the line has to come together first and then what they can do is going to be dictated by that. Um, so it's, it's, it's a difficult situation where, um, you know, you're not just, you're not just bringing in a new guy with new ideas to, you know, an old car. Um, you know, this, this car is, is kind of being rebuilt on the fly as well. Um, so, so that's, that's the difficult part for me is what's this line going to look like and what is it going to allow Ben and Matt Canada to do? That's certainly part of this conversation, right? Like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger talked about, man, it's weird seeing 53 snapping me the ball and then turning around and being like, oh, it's not Marquise. Um, you know, that's something he's depended on for the last 11 years. Um, you know, but, you know, and, and whether it will be Kendrick Green, does B.J. Finney win the spot for at least a, at least the first month or two in, in you know, with Steelers, considering he knows their offense a bit better than a rookie might? Uh, there's lots of those questions as far as how fast the offensive line will come up to pace. Um now, now, Adam, I know that you're you're more of a PFF guy than I am. I I, I love PFF for their um, for for some for some of the hard stats that they compute that other people don't compute, like you know, like the drop passes and and like the things that can be determined by yardage and things like that. But then there's times where they have the, the their their subjective measurements where who wins a certain situation and who graded what where. And I'm kind of like, wait a second, that grade doesn't match up with that grade that, that, that's just that's just my comparisons but when we look at the analysis of the Steelers through that vein when when people start going a lot of those the conversations say Ben Roethlisberger is not efficient enough this offensive line wasn't good enough last year and that leads to a lot of people being very down about the Steelers I want to get a sense from you how how much do you think that that should act actually is going to hold on to what the Steelers become in 2021 because some people, you know, like ESPN, they had a panel the other week where they were saying, you know, unanimously third best team in the AFC North won't make the playoffs, not even a, a competitive team. But I, again, I continue to look at this, this defense has been top five in the league the last two, the last two years and an offense that without a running game and re- ranked dead last in rushing yards per carry and total rushing yards period they were still 12 and four and the offense was pretty scary until teams realized, Oh, they can't run the ball. Let's take advantage of that. Yeah. I think, I think the, the difficult thing with statistics is whenever you have something, you know, like the Steelers are doing where they, where they're going to change personnel in a lot of situations, they're probably going to change their philosophy a little bit. Um, You know, 
what what the stats from last year can tell you about where things are going moving forward may not be as much as, as you'd want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I don't know if, if you can take things from last year and project forward until you kind of have maybe three, four or five games under this team's belt. Right. Um, and then I think you, you start taking the stats you have and start projecting forward with them again, just like you did last year. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't feel slave to the statistics. I think, um, you know, the, the one thing in the stats that does scare me about this team is um, the, the deep passing and can Ben Roethlisberger still do that. Um, and I think, you know, the hope would be in this Matt Canada offense that you're going to take some some shots, at least in that 10 to 20 range and and maybe over 30 a little bit more than you did Um or, or at least you're going to be more accurate with it. I think, you know, I did a story back in the fall that he um, beyond 30 yards only completed 30 passes or was only accurate on three, three passes out of everything he did past 30 yards last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's sustainable for this team. So um, that's kind of the one statistical concern I have is um, can, can Ben do the things that Matt Canada is going to ask him to do or, or going to want his quarterback to do? That's certainly going to be part of the equation here is, is Ben's deep ball. Now, I'm one of the people that says, like, look, he can hit the deep ball. It's just not going to be the 50-yard ropes that he used to throw when he was in his late 20s. You know, and that was what you people used to say wow about Ben Roethlisberger was about was how he could be cha- be getting chased by a guy, stop, plant a foot, and just launch a ball that, on a straight line. He can't do that anymore. But he can hit the deep ball. We saw him do it so, uh, at times last year, just not as continuously. But one thing – that when I was looking up some film and I was analyzing and breaking down some of those deep shots, because I wanted to look at more of those deep passes, a large majority of them, of those of the deep balls the Steelers were trying, were down the sideline into tight coverages on basic go routes between a, a, a safety and a cornerback or, you know, a cornerback that was backed off and waiting for it. And, you know, when I was comparing it to how other teams throw the deep ball, like, you know, the Bills with Josh Allen sometimes, I was like, wait a second. A lot of those passes, they come over the middle or, you know, Patrick Mahomes might do that more. And, and I'm sitting here like, what's the situation going on here? And then I realized they're doing that because teams are protecting the middle of the field, especially the deep, the deep middle of the field, because often that's an, that's a much easier place to connect a deep ball. If a team is, is worried about other facets of your offense and, Early on in the year, and I bring this up all the time, in the first seven, eight games, the Steelers averaged close to 130 yards on the ground, and they had that balance. But when teams realized, wait a second, the run isn't really their strength. It's just something they do to balance things out, you know, when, you know, just to kind of keep us off their their passing game. But if we just, if we take away that short passing game, we can manage the run game, and then that's going to you know, kind of uh, kind of mess up the, the flow of what they want to do on offense. And that, that's what I see happening a lot at the end of last year. But for this year, if the run game is truly a factor, if Najee Harris is scaring teams and they're, the linebackers are, are a little bit more hesitant to drop back a couple steps into their zones and the safeties have to freeze up where teams are being more aggressive in the box and opening up that deep part of the middle field, that might be, and I want to get your thought, do you think that that might, by itself just increase the percentage of the deep ball if teams just can't sit on it as much or or sit back and say hey we're not scared of James Conner and Benny Snow um, because that's a lot of what they did last year oh absolutely and I think you know from a statistical standpoint right like just the fact that he's not accurate on every throw doesn't mean that that throw is necessarily going to be incomplete right right so you can have you can have not the best throw but if it's in the right spot um, and the receiver has the room to adjust to it 
I mean, that's why you have all these guys, right? And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but yes. you know, that, that's where these guys' skills can really come out and they can adjust and they can make catches that maybe, you know, maybe at this stage, Ben's not going to throw a laser um, where you need him to, but if he's throwing it to the right spot and, and, and the skill guys can kind of adjust for him, well, maybe you don't need to be as accurate. Maybe you can just, you know, find those holes in the defense rather than, um, you know, kind of rely on, on the precision that, that maybe you got used to with Ben in the past. So I think, um, yeah, his accuracy is something that, that I think a good offensive coordinator can kind of mold um, and work with, you know, especially in terms of the deep ball um, and, and kind of giving him the room, both him and his receiver, the room um, to adjust and, and, and make those plays down the field. And one thing that Adam brought up was the receiving group and relying on this group that is pretty deep in guys that they feel confident in, whether they've been Pro Bowl guys or not. You know, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster, those are four guys that they've drafted in the first three rounds in four straight years. And now they're coming into this year with, with, with more veteran savvy. They, they've gone through some wars together. Juju was brought back. I want to talk to Adam in a minute here about what this group is going to be asked to do, because if we're talking about running the ball, that, that means they're going to get less targets th- this year and what that might do for the Steelers offense. But first, got to talk to our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Lockdown Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to betonline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word, and that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL's done, but you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember, use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Adam Bittner of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Now, Adam, we, we were just talking about the Steelers receivers. They're, they're deep. You know, Ray McLeod being a fifth option is a pretty good situation when, you know, sometimes the Steelers, they had to rely on Eli Rogers as their third option in, in previous years. Um, but this is now, we're talking about the Steelers offense and we're talking about balance, right? We're talking about Najee Harris. We're talking about Matt Canada, you know, kind of keeping that balance and maybe a few more jet sweeps, but you know, uh, James Washington spoke on Wednesday for uh, at, at, at Steelers OTAs. And he was asked, you know, are you guys worried as a group about getting less opportunities to touch the ball? Because that's ultimately what's going to happen if they're running the ball 20, 30 times a game between Najee Harris and a backup, the receivers can't get the ball nearly as much. And now James Washington said the 
typical football guy answer. No, we don't care. We're just going to take care of the opportunities that are in front of us, blah, blah, blah. And, and not to say that, 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 not to dismiss what he said, but that's what you're supposed to say. And he's a, he's a four-year veteran. He's going to have that response. But realistically, um, Adam, where, you know, this is still a team that invested into the wide receiver position as far as draft picks and has done pretty well in picking athletic guys who can be playmakers. Do you think that this is, this could lead to some contradictory problems to the idea of, Hey, it's great to have that balance, but you're leaning away from this obvious strength that you have on your team. Um, I don't think so. And I will use James Washington to illustrate that point. I think he was, he was someone who did a lot with not necessarily a ton of opportunities last year. Um, it, it felt like anytime this team, you know, needed a big play or, or got a big play, it was, it was very often James Washington. It, and it doesn't, I'm, when I'm saying big play, I don't necessarily mean a 50 yard bomb down the field. I mean, you know, a key conversion to keep a drive alive or, um, you know, just maybe that, that play that like kind of jolts the offense. Maybe it's a, it's a 15 yard, 20 yard thing, something more intermediate, but he would make that play. And, and I think, you know, you can, you can look back at a lot of drives that were successful because um, they deployed James Washington at the right time. Well, I think that that can trickle down to the rest of these guys. And I'm, maybe the others are, are, are used to more volume. Um, but I think if you get them in the right spots at the right times, they can put up, you know, similar statistics that um, are going to make them happy and are going to make this offense happy. So I think that's, that's one thing. I think number two, I don't, I don't think you necessarily have to go back to a 50, 50 world, um, right. You know, for this, for this offense to be balanced, right. Balance doesn't necessarily mean 50, 50. It means, you know, can these two phases of the game work off of each other? Um, and I think just because they were too heavily in the passing game, doesn't mean you need to walk that all the way back. Um, so I think there will still be, you know, maybe it's not 70, 30 in some games, maybe it's 60, 40. Um, so there should still be plenty of opportunities. And, um, you know, hopefully if you're a receiver, a lot fewer incompletions because, um, you know, the passes that you're running routes on aren't, aren't quite as predictable. So I'm, you know, uh, targets, I think sometimes people in the fantasy football world focus on them a little bit too much because not all targets are created equal. Right. And I think right. if, if this offense can make those targets more efficient, um, then then that's the most important thing. It's not necessarily volume; it's it's quality. And that's I think what uh, what James Washington was alluded to, like quality over quantity, because you could still have you could still have a, a a really strong passing attack without chucking the ball all the time. Um, and, and that's ultimately what I think that they want to have, right? You know, Ben Roethlisberger, when you limit, and, and this is what we were just talking about. When you kind of when you focus where he's going and what he has to do into maybe closer to 30, 35 passes instead of 45, 50 passes, you give him a, a, a smaller sample size and put him in situations where, hey, maybe you're not making as many complex reads down the field like, oh, OK, are they in cover three or are they in cover six? Am I gambling here? Am I gambling there? You take him out of more of those gambling situations and put him more into, hey, we want you to throw in a situation where you have a much higher percentage chance that this defense isn't going to be sitting on you and waiting for this to happen. I really see that as an opportunity for this offense to open up, like you said, and for these receivers to kind of say like, you know what, in, in a smaller vacuum, you know, you could, it also says you got to catch the ball. And that's something that Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron struggled with last year. But if they're able to improve in that regard, that helps with the, with the, with the efficiency of the offense. And then also 
that's when you start hurting defenses. And one of my favorite things to, 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 to look at on film is what a, is what a well-humming offense is able to force the de- defenses to say, okay, where are they coming from? And, and that's something that the Buccaneers did, especially late last year is, oh, you know, do we have to worry about Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette? Oh, wait, crap. Mike Evans is over there. Oh, wait, we got to deal with this guy over here. And you see defenders having to commit to decisions. And when you get a defender to overcommit, that's often when you get the easier throw when you're not throwing it. Like we said earlier with some of those deep balls where it was into cover two and, you know, a cornerback and a safety and you had to fit it into a tighter passing window. Now maybe you're dealing with, you know, one guy and all you got to do, like you said, is don't throw it on laser, just lead the receiver, lead him to the open space compared to trying to fit it in that tighter passing window. Yeah. And I think, um, I think it could also benefit a guy like Deontay Johnson, who obviously got a ton of, of targets last year. But he did have the, the drop problem, right? Yeah. Well, how much is that? How much of that is a focus thing? And how much of that is maybe getting too many reps and 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 maybe not being focused on every play the way you need to because the ball's coming at you so often that maybe you lose a little bit of focus. I don't know. I I've never played receiver, but um <laughs> it's hard not to wonder about that type of thing. And if if you actually have maybe fewer opportunities, maybe you have better focus for them um you know and 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 maybe you're more fresh um because you know I, I don't think it's only Ben Roethlisberger who maybe wore down at times I think you could probably say that about some of the receivers so um yeah I I, I think I think there's lots of reasons why um you know it, it's it's an age-old thing right with with offenses balance and you know this might be more of a passing league than it's ever been but that doesn't mean that that the old truisms of football you know, don't remain that, that you want balance and that the, the, the passing game can work off of the run um, maybe differently than it has in the past. But I think those things can still be true. And I agree with that. And another thing to look at here, you brought up, be, you know, being 50 50. I just did a quick computation here, just looking at Ben Roethlisberger's pass attempts and the rushing attempts of, of uh, James Conner, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarlane, and then a couple jet sweeps to, to chase Claypool. Approximately, you're looking at a 65 35 split as far as passing attempts to rushing attempts last year. And that right there is like, again, you look at that and it's like, okay, can you get that closer to 60, 40? Cause you're, again, you're not talking about, you're not talking about necessarily a 50, 50 situation because that's going to involve running a lot more now, but also what you're looking at, this is maybe, also, this leading to less plays in general, because if you're running the football, you're taking more time off the clock. And if you're taking more time off the clock, you're getting less plays to be on the field. And that's, again, where the efficiency comes into place. And you brought up a good point. Guys overall were worn down last year. It's been revealed that Juju was getting his knee drained every every week. You know, and you know, we all know the students didn't have a real bye week. And the questions, excuse me, that came into playing into, you know, playing into the end of the season, maybe there's something to limiting the sample size beyond just Ben's decision-making, but just saying like, Hey, let's keep this, this group fresh out here and put them in situations where when they're getting to the fourth quarter, they're able to, they're, they're able to still punish people and impose their will on defenses. And also in doing so, you, maybe you're keeping your defense fresh for that fourth quarter as well, which Cam Hayward has been saying a lot is just like, Hey, we're just happy to see that running back get back there because we miss being able to play that way. Yeah, and I think I think the big thing for me in terms of ratio is you want to avoid those extremes that I think we saw with the Steelers when they were struggling toward the end of the season. If you look at the 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 number you're citing, um, I'm, I I bet it's lower because of of the success they were having earlier and because they were able to run the ball, um, you know, or well earlier in the season. And then you got in some of these late late year situations where 
um, you know, it was something like 70, 75 percent passes and and the, the, the running game simply wasn't working at all. And I think that's I think you could even be OK if you're at 60, if 65 is where the, the um, you know, the Steelers want to settle and that's what they're doing on a game in game out basis. I think you can live with that. But I think it's these very extreme splits that drove that number higher toward the end point. of the season. Those are the things that you really want to avoid because that's when the offense was at its worst. And I think there, and this is a new, new phenomenon with Ben Roethlisberger. I think, um, you know, there was a statistic for the longest time and it hasn't been cited as much because he's played so many more games, but um, you know, whenever he threw more than 30 times in a game, his record was much worse um, over the yeah. early part of his career. So this is not a, a new phenomenon necessarily. Um, and you know, how applicable is over under 30 throws in the modern NFL? I don't know. Um, but it, I just think it just goes to illustrate that Ben Roethlisberger has been more efficient when he, he hasn't been doing those extreme 70, 30, 75, 25 types of splits. Right. And, and, uh, and again, for me, you, you, cause you want to see gunslinger, but bet at times, right. You want to see him, you want to see him, you know, be able to say like, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling confidence in this moment and you've seen him succeed there. But when you ask him to do it to make it, and it, and it worked even in those earlier games in the middle of the season, when they were playing the, the Titans and the Ravens, there were times that he truly stepped up and made some really great quarterback decisions, making moments. And I was like, Whoa, okay, that's different. But when you kept asking it of him, that's when you started to see, okay, teams defenses were able to say, we're going to take away these things that we're able to tell from his tendencies. But when you're, when you're having him show less of that throughout the season because you're balancing your offense. And some of this also might just not just be Najee Harris. You know, there's talks about the jet sweep being used more. And, you know, I'm, you know, everyone's talked about how, again, that might be a, a wrinkle of Matt Canada's offense that we see more this season. And we saw it earlier in the season last year, but went away from it as the year goes on. Those can be other ways that defenses might pick up less on where Ben's going when they, when the Steelers come out in certain pass sets and say, okay, let's cover this part of the field. So I'm right with you. There's still a lot open here. And again, it is early June. This, this episode's airing on June 3rd. So it's like, you know, this is, this is way far beyond, like we're still over a month and a half from the Steelers starting their training camp you know, let alone playing in a preseason game or, you know, playing in playing in regular season games. So there's still a ton to flesh out and see what actually happens here. But this will certainly be a major thing to watch with how far this team goes in 2021. Adam, thanks so much for making time to be on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You've been a great guest. Uh, let people, Please let our listeners know where they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Yeah, my uh, Twitter handle is Fujimaster24, F-U-G-I. Um, and you can find all my work at post-gazette.com. Um, you know, I'm just one of, of several people we have covering the Steelers. Jerry Dulac, Ryan Batko, Ray Fittipaldo. Those guys are doing great work over at the South Side every day. So definitely check them out as well. Absolutely do check out their work. They do a great job and do check out Adam, follow him on Twitter, give him some love here. And if you're appreciating the Locked On Steelers podcast, as always, you know, I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Also, uh, if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to us. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. When you leave us a five-star review with a positive comment, that gets you a shout out on the show because, hey, we appreciate those who appreciate us and those that want to pump us up. 
And today we have another five-star review that we're going to have to shout out to 10NR20, who says in their five-star review, love the pod, I'm quote-unquote new to Steeler fandom, as I'm a huge Bama fan and loved Minkin College, so always followed him in the NFL. Luckily, he was traded to Pitt and has thrived. But I have loved keeping up with the team and listen to this podcast daily for all things Steelers and luckily Minka Talk. Y'all are going to love Najee too. Roll Steelers roll. Thanks, 10R20. We always appreciate when we can bring in more into the Steeler Nation fandom. Appreciate your five-star review. Get your shout-out just like 10NR20, even if you've already given one. Five-star reviews and positive comments always help out the show and get the word out about what we're doing here on the Podcast Network. We're going to finish out the week tomorrow with Jenna Harner of Channel 11 WPXI, as always, wrapping things up. So stay tuned into us then. We'll catch you again soon right here on the Locked On Steelers Podcast. Thank you.